Hello, everyone, and welcome to another new perspective, the podcast that brings you wisdoms and perspectives from all walks of life. Well, good morning, everybody. We have uh, Bob back here with us this morning, and it's the Bob and Joe show. Uh, we're going to talk about one of the topics I really enjoy. Um, it's one of my words of wisdom that I share with people, and it tends to, I guess, not really cause an offense, but one piece of it tends to catch people off guard a little bit. And that is having zero expectations of outcomes, which is what it's helped me in business a lot because you just take what comes and you move on. But the other one is what gets people is that having zero expectations of people. And my perspective of that is that if you always are expecting the other person to do something in return for something you did for them, then you're going to start getting aggravated because you should just appreciate that they were thoughtful in the moment and gave back to you. But sometimes they're not going to. Sometimes they might be busy in their own life or sometimes they might have forgotten or they just kind of, they kind of got sidetracked. But you have to drop your expectations of other people because they have their own lives as well. So um, if you want to add something to that, Bob. No, that... <clears throat> Good topic, Joe. Um, you know, as I've, I'm a senior citizen, so my thought processes have changed over the years. But I was brought up with a wonderful parents, and my mother, from the time I was a child, would say, would get upset with my father sometimes when he expected something from someone else. And my mother would always say, you don't know the problems they have in their house. So you don't know what the issues are over there for them not to respond. Yeah. And the older I get, I realize how, how wise that was because um, I think for my wife and I, I don't necessarily expect people to return something that I've done. That's not the way I believe spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, I mean, who knows? Some they might not respond because they had an illness or they had financial problems. I have no idea, so why should I get upset? So if I'm going to do something for someone, that's it. Yeah, that comes back to our service thing again. Right, service. You know, do it, do it to do it. Right. But I, I saw this one time. I, I wish I could remember the whole thing, but it was like um, doing something nice for somebody with no expectations of anything in return. Right. Right. So it's kind of like people, we keep seeing these, um, it's it's a kind of a, um, I don't know if it's a fad or it's like this, people are like searching for their likes or whatever. But with social media now, because everybody has a camera and they want, right. they want their likes and their shares and their comments right. and stuff like that, is that people will do a good deed and record themselves doing the good deed and then share it on social media. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> so is that really doing a good deed or were you doing a good deed because you're going to get yeah. likes and shares before it? Yeah. Well, in, in Scripture, I, I'm paraphrasing this, but Jesus says if you pray, don't pray so everyone can see you. Go someplace quiet. If you do something for someone, you don't even have to announce it. Just do it. Just do it, yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and, and Joe, I have found that when I have served someone, it just comes back. I mean, so it just comes back to me. It's just like, wow, I thought I was doing them something, 
whatever happened there, I got just as much. Or sometimes I think I got more in return than what I thought I was doing for someone else. Absolutely. I actually did that last night. I was, um, I was turning in over on Wake Forest Road where Trader right. Joe's is at, and there was a, a homeless veteran along the side there and he was trying to get money. I didn't have any cash, anything to even give him. Okay. So I was like, well, I'll get him at something at Trader Joe's and I'll drop it off okay. right back and I forgot. Okay. So I was leaving and I was like sitting at the stoplight and I saw him over there and he was trying, trying to get anything from anybody. He was getting okay. frustrated and stuff like that. And um, I went over and drove to McDonald's and grabbed a burger and a large fry and I went back over and handed it to him. Okay. You know, but it was like, in my head, it was weird because my, you know our our my our thought processes of time, like oh I'm busy, I need to get back, but really I didn't. But I still went through my head like, well, if there's a line at McDonald's, I'm not stopping. <laughs> and it's like, why would you think that? But we're all human, yeah. right? And it's yeah. just like the way our brains work is that, right. you know, is me helping this person? Right. But you went beyond that though. Yeah. Even if there was a line, you you went beyond it and you did get it. I did get it. Yeah. Yep. I went got him got him. You know. A burger and a large right. fry. I went back and I handed it to him, and I actually gave him a business card. Okay. And I was like, "Let's keep in touch." Okay. Right. Just give him some. You know, I could have left it at the food, but I think I can offer him more. Right. right with what I'm doing, working with the military and PTSD right. and all this stuff, I think that where things are going, that right. why not offer someone an opportunity? Right. I don't know what he's an ex-marine, or is. I don't know how the whole Marine thing works. Right. I know you're once a Marine, always a Marine. But, yeah. you know, here's this guy that could have who knows what kind of skills, yeah. you know, yeah. and just came on a bad situation. Also, too, when I see that, my wife and I say, I, I wonder what got them to this point. You know, Because like, we never know again. Sometimes some companies just phase out, and you had a great job for 30 years, and now you don't have a job anyway. Right. Know? Yeah, because they, they yeah. you know, you can work somewhere for 25 or 30 years and then lose your pension and everything. Right. Right. So that what you thought you were going to have right. when you're retired is now gone. So yeah. Yeah. you put all this time in there and then in the end you have nothing. Yeah. Uh, again, with expectations, because my wife and I are hopefully spiritual people that there's one judge at the end of it all. It's not me. So I try not to judge people because there's a supreme being that will take care of all of that so yeah I mean we don't nobody really knows you know it's like there's um it is to me very important to I don't know in my beliefs but it was on the other side and that's just right. because I've been right. deep into the science deep into the math right. and all that but I do believe there's something divine right. that is guiding me because I've been working on the same thing for 11 years right. and something keeps helping me Right, whether the it's next step, huh? whether it's like right. divine math, whether it's a divine entity, whether right, it's right. God, whether it's right. we don't know, but there is something. I absolutely one hundred percent agree with that because I couldn't have gotten where I've gotten right. without doing the deeds that I've done. Right. Right. Also, I, sometimes do I think how how are we here? Right, that's how how, how did uh, <laughs> how come I'm how. You know, automobiles yeah. and planes and flying. How, how did that happen? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine it's just a big bang theory. I mean, just how did this happen? Well, I and, think it, go ahead. And when you, when you think of like the smallest little insect, 
It's got like a hot and a, you know, what, it's got all this stuff. How? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it's amazing. And like, that's why when I get into like topics of medicine right. and everybody's like, it should be this and it has to be this and it should be that. And I'm like, but if you think about it, how could something be a should be if we don't know how we got here? <laughs> so nobody talked to the engineer and said like, oh, the human body can only do this. But then you watch contortionists and you watch hyper, other hypermobile right. people and you watch like some of the most insane feats right. in sports or in extreme sports or right. anything. And you're like, how does that even happen? If, that, if, if there's a should be, then every one of us should only be, should only be able to do the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Right. So there isn't a should be. It's in anything that you're capable of. And I think that's part of like, you know, where the planes and all these crazy devices and all the right. science comes from is because we have the capability to keep thinking, right? And keep practicing and building, you know? But for me, that's where the ex that's why I have that on my list of wisdoms is the expectations thing. Is because it takes a really long time and a lot of, lot of work and a lot, a lot of people to create something. Right. And if you are all, your entire time are beating yourself up over expectations or people that let you down, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. And I think that is true in life, too. But also, too, Joe, when you think about you ride on the shoulders of someone that came before you who rides on the shoulders of someone else. I mean, your Absolutely. knowledge came from you know, maybe people influence your parents and, and where did they get stuff? That, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, even Einstein said, you know, I, I ride on the shoulders of people that came before me. You know, yeah, so. I 1,000% do that because that, that's, that's the beauty of having YouTube yeah. is I listen to probably five hours of content a day yeah. of philosophy and psychology right. and business and listen to all these guys that have already built billion dollar businesses. Right. And like, what did you do? What was your primary thing? What did you focus on? Like, what mattered? Like, right. all this stuff. And you just do what they did. Right. But I think a lot of people start to expect it to happen very quickly. Right. And I was lost in that for a while, too. In the first couple of years, I was like, it's almost there. No, not yet. It's almost there. No, not yet. I tell you where I get <laughs> talking about expectations. When I, when I, read about companies that are trillionaires and billionaires, why aren't they doing more for society? What are they, they can't take this with them. Yeah. Why, why aren't they doing something more for the infrastructure in, in our country, uh, the health care of people, education? Of, uh, why? You can't take yeah. that with you. Yeah. I think um, what I've learned about it a little bit is that a lot of it stays in the company and then what they take out of it, like um, they're explaining like um, the whole Amazon Bezos thing and all that, right? Because he doesn't pay really any taxes, but he also doesn't have an income. He lives off a line of credit, essentially. That's what they do is like their company is worth $150 billion. Yeah. They take a line of credit out for half a million dollars and they live off this credit card, yeah. right? Because everything everywhere they go is business, right? Every trip they take or whatever is just some sort of business. So it's all right off, off this yeah. line of credit that they're living off of. So they show a $0 income. Yeah. But Germany, I think, did a, um, a net worth tax. 
So they pay a tax based on their net worth, yeah. right? Which changed to complete it. That's why there's a lot of businesses not over there or not either, because yeah. they're like, oh, you're going to tax me because I'm worth this much money. Yeah. Um, so I think that that doesn't answer the question exactly right. of why they're why having that much resource doesn't push back, and maybe it does. Maybe maybe the filter from where they give it at to what we see. Because we've eradicated um, deep levels of poverty in the last 20 years. There's almost zero areas of the, of the world that have a deep level of poverty. And that's something they've done. Um, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, you, 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 look at, you look at the news and there's so many places in poverty and so many oh, yeah. places in destruction and the water. I mean... Yeah. There was one... Um, something... Sa- there's something someone said in one of my business meetings that like, it was, it's like when you hear a very short thing, like what's the shortest few words you can hear that, that rocks your whole perspective. And this was one of them. He goes, we shit in clean water. Okay. Countries that literally have to drink water that could kill them every single day just to stay alive. And our toilets have the same water that we drink in them. Right. And we're not grateful enough for what we already have. Yeah. Right. And the other one that I really like that short and powerful is what you don't change, you choose. And even silence is a choice. Yeah. Yeah. So people are like, well, I don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, well, then you already you made your choice. Yeah. Right. But that comes back, that ties into what we're talking about is expectations. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because we can do the right thing and make sure we're always doing the right thing or the best we can for the world. But we can't expect other people to do the same right. because they are their own person. Right. You know, yeah. So we expect Bezos and we expect right. Musk. I mean, Elon Musk, I think, does more philanthropy towards, like, I mean, he put clean water in Flint right. City schools and different things like that. So I think he's more upfront with like the things he does who is this? Uh, Elon Musk. The guy that owns Tesla and SpaceX and all okay. that. Yeah. He's more about giving, you know, he sent a bunch of uh, power units down to Puerto Rico to get power power yeah. restored there and different things like that. So he's very much more like, I want to give this. I want to give this. Yeah. I want to give this. So I think it does happen. I think by the time we hear it at the level we're at right now, compared to like someone that has, right. even in the billion dollar status, Right, because how many people that is there a whole other network of communication that happens at this level that we have no privy to, right? So, what we see and what what we perceive and what is actually happening. Good point. Yeah, in our world today, I don't even know if I want to get in this topic, but we're all one. So I mean, if 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 you know, if my left arm is not working right, maybe my right arm is not going to work right. I read a good quote a few years ago. It said, "The the experiments you perform on rats in Chicago mm-hmm. affect the rats in Boston." So, I mean, um, to just be isolationist, I don't get that. Yeah. Well, we keep I mean, thinking like, well, science is that because they're like, oh, we're going to modify the mosquitoes in this area. Right. I'm like, but what does that modify from that? Right. <laughs> right. You can't just 
You can't alter one piece and then expect that one piece not to... Well, maybe they have to start someplace, though. Yeah. I can see that. Start someplace, and then once you find out something, right. then Some you of the move it someplace else. But, but to just keep it right. and not share it, I, I, I don't get that. Yeah. Um, there was an example that... Because um, the world is too small now. I mean... Oh, it's very small. I mean, centuries ago, how long it took Christopher Columbus to go where he was going, now you can get there and... You know, oh, yeah. So well, read the, read the book Sapiens. Sapiens is the brief history of humankind, and it takes you through, like, I can't remember how many tens of thousands of years ago it was, but they said, like, there was a thousand microcultures around the world. Like, somebody in Asia didn't know Tasmania existed. And they're on the same side of the globe, right? But they're far enough away with no ability to to travel from point A to point B that to them, they, Tasmania might as well, might as well been a, a lake in Jupiter. Right. You know, so like, and then it went from like a thousand microcultures to 400 because more people started to know about it and they blended together and then 400 right. blended together into 100 and then 100 into like four, I think something like that and then now we're like it's euro asia is pretty much the globe so it's it, we are creating a unified global culture essentially and i think the internet's done a, a, a splendid job of that because between having air travel now yeah. and we're getting faster and faster travel you know because that's what um branson's working on is being able to go literally from one side of the world to the other side of the world in, in a few hours once we start doing that, and they're trying to globalize the internet with all the internet, like basically Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. right? So we are, without people, I don't think people are realizing it, we're unifying the world right now, right? I don't know if they're, like, everybody's scared of the one world order and, like, this whole global government thing mm-hmm. or whatever, but, like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you follow the, the trend from a thousand cultures down to four, you know, like that's what's happening. You're deducting down to one. And people are going to start realizing what you just said is that we are all just one. We're all, we are one entity. Somehow in that one, I lose the differences. Um, because that makes us unique too. That Absolutely. You're different than I am. I'm white and that person is black. Who cares? Green, yellow, whatever. Well, or the... the 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 bouquet of people is right. important. The right. global right. the global outlook of every person is the same. Right. So I always say it in medicine all the time is that biomechanically, biologically, anatomically, physiologically, and a lot of times geographically, we're all the same person. The only thing different is our story and our journey of what's happening in our life right now. Okay. Right. Yep. So we are all the same person. I'm no. Our eyes are located in the same place. Our nose, our ears, our mouth, right. our heart, our lungs, like everything like that. A trauma surgeon couldn't have to relearn every single person's individual body to put them back together. Right. right? So there's a lot of us that's all the same. We have to start realizing that, that our skin color is only the, the difference of... Skin color. Skin color. Yeah. It's yeah. not what the color of the blood inside of our body. It's not where our organs are located. Right. Nothing else is different other than how we look on the appearance on the outside. And our story, but someone's pit or someone's experience at some point in their life could add to your experience in your life and now give you a perspective that you didn't understand before that now makes your life easier. 
Yeah, it makes you think about something, and it takes you off in a different direction too. You know. Yeah. There was um, I want to read this real quick. You like kind of blew me away. His philosophy that the current version of me is the one that has survived. Every other possible chain where I could have died, that one did. But this timeline I'm in, I survived. Because you're going to make a decision if you're going to walk out the front door or the back door. And if you walk out the back door, you're going to get in your car and you're going to leave and you're fine. If you walk out the front door, a car could have lost control, veered off the road and killed you. But you're never going to know what could have happened walking out the front door. Because you chose the back. Read that again. It says, the current version of me is the one that has survived. Every other possible chain where I could have died, that one did. But this timeline I'm in, I survived. If I was, I think of it as I've been given infinite chances. Every time I have a scary moment or an oh shit, a different timeline version of me just died. But I got to keep going. Because you'll never know what B would have brought you. So why why spend any time focusing on anything other than the path you're walking on? So I think we might have touched on this once before. So there's like no coincidences. It's all... Yeah, it's like the not, not meeting people by accident. I think right, where that, right, right. that came from. Right. I mean, I think I talked about it before. I mean, I could never have picked the people in my life that helped me move on. I just couldn't. They were, yeah. they were there at the right time. At the right time. Yeah, like, I have hundreds of those people in my life where I'm going, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't foresee my life right now without the people I have in it yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, I just can't even, like, you know, and I know, like, I've, I've focused a lot on learning about death and being okay with it and talking about it and know that there's a practice in Stoicism that is kind of weird, but I like it a lot, is that when you say goodbye to somebody, think in the back of your mind that it might be the last time you ever see this person. Because yeah. it might be. Yeah. Right? You might hug them for the last time. You might say goodbye to them for the last time. You might shake their hand for the last time because you don't know when this person that could like die of a heart attack or get hit by a car or whatever, the second they leave. I find myself, as I age, I say more often, I'll see you later, Joe, God willing. Yeah. Uh, you don't know. You don't know. And like one of the... One of the best things I've ever done is there's an organization, it's international, but it's called Death Cafe. And it's an international organization that's trying to normalize the discussion of death and dying. And it's just a roundtable conversation. We get together and we eat some food, we drink coffee, and we discuss like burial. And we discuss like different ways to, you know, different ways to die and different ways to be buried, different, you know experiences and there's social workers and there's nurses and doctors and funeral directors and like anybody that's really around it or in the grievous and we just have just round table conversations about it and it completely normalizes it wow but i've gone to three of them now there's another one coming up on the on the 30th at 6 30 it's in north raleigh uh, i can send you the information if you're interested but it's i've gone to three of them now and it it makes you feel so alive because your brain starts to hear about it and it realizes it's like, oh damn, like, you know, it puts it right in your rearview mirror. And you're like, oh, gotta get going. <laughs> you know, I got things to do. I don't know when that's gonna happen, so I gotta keep going. Yeah. yeah. 
So, because you don't, you don't know. And that's, that, I think that fits really well under the expectations thing is that you really don't know. I know some people have said to me, I'm not afraid to die. And I say, I'm not afraid to die. I'm afraid how I'm going to die. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're all going to die. I'm not afraid to die, but I'm afraid how am I going to die? Right. Be the, the, the best way of dying in your sleep and just never waking up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I might throw myself under the bus on this one and I don't really care. Because I think one of the one of the most annoying sayings that I hear all the time is live every day as if it was your last. Because you're walking around worrying about what day is your last. Right. That's an expectation. Right. right? So what I say, and in some of my little words of wisdom lists, is that live every day as if you're already dead. Because there's no expectations of dying that way. Because you've already accepted it. You, you just accept it really early. Okay. That way, you prepare your life and live your life as if you're already planning on leaving. You're already planning on being gone. You're already gone. So the things you say to people, how you treat people, and like the kindness you share. So there's a Zen quote, which is written from thousands of years ago, that was very similar to what I said. And I was like, oh, so I'm right on track with that. So they said, while alive, be a dead man thoroughly dead. Then all that you do, just as you will, will be right because it's not your ego anymore it's not your false ego telling you that it's all about you it's all about other people it's all about doing it for the other for everybody else because your e- your false ego is something else i learned about your false ego is what's afraid to die because you're afraid to leave your fear of missing out your your all these things right the expectations right but if you've already accepted it and your true ego which i recently learned about the true ego is part of us. It's what protects us. It makes us, it keeps us safe. Okay, and our true ego is based in love, compassion, caring, kindness, unity, helping the world, helping the world be a better place. Right. The false ego is about the market and consumerism and materialism and fear of missing out and all these expectations we have. Mm-hmm. But if you've already accepted the fact that you're gone, then you're only functioning off of your true ego and, and off of compassion and caring and doing things the right way yeah. for the right people. Good point, Joe. So that's why that's been a couple of years of my journey. And I think that's why, you know, I built a product I could have sold two years ago that everybody wanted two years ago. But I'm like, it's not about the money. I didn't do any of this for the money. Mm. I mean, the money be great and the resources be great. But like, how can not, you help someone? Right. Right. The world's so broken in healthcare, the world's so broken in a lot of different ways that me being as small as I am with no formal education, no great big PhDs or anything like that, that if I brought my stuff out too soon, then I could have got, I probably would have got squashed because I'm not really big enough to take on the healthcare system by myself. Mm-hmm. But if I wait long enough and make sure what I build is so pristine and so precise, and no matter who I ask in what area of the world in medicine, they're like, yeah, that totally makes sense. And you bring it out with the right people, nobody can stop you. Yeah. yeah. There was a quote that I saw, it was, uh, don't fight feudal wars. Let the big people fight the feudal wars and spend your time building something so amazing that by the time they notice you, it's too late. Don't fight what was? Feudal. Feudal. Yeah. Don't fight the don't fight the government. Don't fight all those yeah. big things. Well, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. Yeah. 
focus on one thing that's so small that they can't see you from a vantage point that they can't find you or see you. Yeah. And by the time they notice you, it's too late. And you're going to change the world because you've, you've created something that's so powerful. This nucleus that's so powerful that they can't, they can't stop you now. Well, in a smaller way, because I was a, like a music director in a community, and I had, in the, in the arts, yeah. I had a strong parent group. And uh, whenever the superintendent wanted to make sure the budget was passed, he would ask me, can you get your people there? And I could, you know, and so that, that group was so powerful, but I never got them involved in a feudal war. I never got them involved in something that I knew they were going to lose. Mm-hmm. Everything I got them involved in, I know they would win, so people never really knew how much power they did have. Right. You know, Cause if, because there were some things I, we would have lost, and then they would realize, oh, this group isn't as powerful as it is. But now they, they didn't realize that, so... Right. Um, so as a result, the program was supported all the time mm-hmm. because of this strong. That's that's group. a strong idea of leadership, though. Yeah, it's like being. Um, it's um, someone told me this or said this to me one time. He goes like, the way that I kept putting all this together and working right. on it for so long. They're like, you're almost like a war general, right? You're taking all these pieces and you're like right. meticulously and methodically moving them. Right. Right, Sam. It was a chess game. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing about that because there was a guy that wrote this book. They were talking about it in my meeting one morning because I always said life is like a chess game. But he goes, "There's a guy that wrote a book." He goes, "It's really not like a chess game because then you'd be able to see the opponent's moves." Right. Right. I would be able to see what you're capable of doing, and you can see what I'm capable of doing. He goes, "It's more like a poker game." I don't know what you're going to play next. Okay. So I have to be able to call your bluff, okay. right? I don't know what your cards are, and you don't know my cards are. So we have to watch each other and see who's going to play what card or read their... Well, it's interesting, though, Joe, cause, because I did know their next move. Okay. And I knew my answer to the next move. This is how far ahead I was. Yeah, I, yeah. Knew their, I knew their next move politically. Right. I knew my answer to that. I knew their answer to my next move. I knew my answer to them. So I was like th- at least three steps ahead of them mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, it's a, I mean, this is a different situation maybe than what you're talking about. Uh, no, it's very close. Because, because it's very it close. was, I, I knew the educate. I knew the, the school structure and the community structure, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew how much I could move. I knew how much I could move. I knew how much I could. So how much to push, how much to like right. back off. I was like, always amazed sometimes. I would be at a school committee meeting. They'd have their lawyers. It'd be me with with uh, the school committee and the superintendent and their lawyer. Me all by myself figuring all this all out, you know. And, yeah. And, uh, but it was, a, it, was, it, was a good re- it was a good working relationship. But they knew that I was prepared. Like if they're gonna do anything, then you better be you better be ready for Perry to come back because he's he's gonna be prepared. So yeah, um, that's good. That's the way it it was. It was uh, interesting. Well, I think that's how you that's how you move forward. Like there's um, I play the game, and and there's people that are like, well, I don't want to play their bullshit games. I don't want to like play the game. And I was like, yeah. but here's the thing, is that 
if you want to actually get somewhere big enough, far enough to be actually make an impact, you have to kind of play the game. You don't have to buy all in and and, and be deceitful and be like, right. you know, undermining or anything right. like that. But you still have to know how they're you thinking. To, you have to know the game. You have to know the game. You have to know how your opponent thinks. Right, right. That's why you watch film and sports. Without selling your soul. Right. That's the balance of it. Right. Well, I, I remember because my, my nephew was a great musician. And he sometimes he had difficulty teaching in the school system because he was so... Um, sensitive and he wanted to I, I used to say Jack this is contrary to what your uncle believes take the money and run in this situation yeah. take the money and run because you're not going to be able to change that so yeah. enjoy your teaching do what you can and, and do the best you can but right you have to be able to work to in this situation cut bait yeah right like that's kind of the idea of that too is like cut bait like how long do you do you yeah. hold on long enough till you lose everything yeah or do you like yeah. you know because Here's the thing, too, is like I always say, like, you can't pour from an empty cup. We've right. all heard that before. Right. But the way I always say it is, like, don't let your cup ever, cup ever get empty. Right. Only give, give away what overflows right. out of your cup. Right. 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 Right? right. So when you realize that what you're doing is eventually going to make you lose and everybody else right. lose, and now you have nothing left to go and take right. and start to help something else. Right. So if you can take the money and run right. and not go bust, right. take the money and run and start something else right. that focuses now on the same objective you wanted to before. Or you might have to go someplace else yeah. and, and realize that this wasn't a fit for me. Not with that. I, but I also, in, in relationship to, to that situation, that <clears throat> I knew that if I was dealing with my students and, and the community and the parents through their heart and their soul, then that's enough. I mean, that will win. Yeah. It's not about all that other stuff. If they knew I was coming in the right direction for them, how can it lose? Yeah. Uh, well, I think there was uh, something I heard at this massage festival I was at back in the spring. If you're doing it out of love, you can do no harm. Right. Right. If you're truly doing what you're doing for the good of people, right. the good of humanity and the good of your heart, and you care, truly care about what you're working right. on, you can do no harm. Because harm comes from right. the, the fight for money and, and the fight for it, ego. If, you, and, if you're doing it that way, then those people that you are in contact with, hopefully they're taking that same stuff and Multiplying it. Multiplying it. Playing it forward, you know? Yep. What's interesting, I, I'm getting into my own life a little bit, but because I taught a long time, it's interesting now, Joe, that through Facebook, I feel so lucky that I, I'm reliving some of these same, with the same kids. I've had the same opportunity like 20, 30, 40 years later. Yeah, that's wild. Where we're, 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 we're meeting. I'm going to meet with a student on Saturday, her and her husband. I haven't seen her in 40 years. That's wild. Last week, a student came, had a meeting. She was up from Florida. She had a meeting in Raleigh. I haven't seen her in 20 years. So, um, But it's interesting that when I look at that, those, those kids, they're not kids, they're adults now, are, are dealing with society in the same way. They're, they're in like... 
helping risk students and helping kids who have breakdowns and help. It's like wow. Yeah. Because uh, you don't know the exponential no. math of no, no. that one thing that you that right. perspective that you changed. Right, right. right. And I had the same thing. I, I coached girls soccer for five years right. or assistant coach. Right. You know, and like I get to follow. There's four or five of them that are still on my Facebook, and mm-hmm. they, you know, we all kind of keep in touch in some way right. for the most part, or can contact or watch. You know, and it's so interesting to see like how much impact did you have, yeah. right? Can you see something that you instilled in them right. being instilled in others, right. you know, and passing that along? And yeah. I think it's it's a quite beautiful experience, and it's it it's really the there, that's a big reason why I help kids so much because I feel that we need to start the education piece and like the the nurturing piece at the bottom yeah. is the most important part because that your seed starts from there. Mm-hmm. Right, your seed grows from there. You can't, you can't change the, you can't. I mean, you can trim the plant a few times and try to save it, but like, you know, yeah. a lot of times if that seed's yeah. broken, you might, you might want to check out a guy by the name of Chris Heron, H E R R E, and if you go to YouTube and and check out the first day, okay. Chris Heron was a, a young man from the city of Fall River, which is New Bet in Massachusetts, who was a, a basketball player. And he, uh, when he was in high school, he was in the in the McDonald's like high school. He was in the top five basketball players in the country. And he went on, and then he went on. To, then he ended up playing for the Celtics, but he he got so involved in drugs. He's bad. He's so I mean, his, his life is terrible. But the first day talks about now. I mean, he had to leave basketball. God works in funny ways. He could have been a multimillionaire in basketball, and God said, "Yeah, I'll do it for a while." But I got other plans for you. Now he's, he's probably sp- spoken to over two million kids across the country, talking about the first day, how dr- how people mm-hmm. get stopped with drugs. He said, "Not not at the end of your life when you when I show you a picture, I I have no teeth." And he said. So it's such a great, I mean, I, th- I think it would tie in with some yeah. of your thinking. I've watched, I have, I've saved it, i probably watched it six times. Okay. Because he tell, he's telling these kids, he said, you know, when I was your age, I didn't want to come to one of these things either. My friends and I sat in the last row, you know. Now, do you think, do you think when I was in high school, I said, I can't wait to stick a needle in my arm? Do you think I look different than you? You think yeah. you're buying your liquor in a different place than I did, and uh, so it's it's so so powerful. So yeah, I think you might enjoy. I'll it. check that out. Yeah, Chris did mentioned it once before, but yeah, I definitely want to. Yeah, he has another one, but it's all about his. But the first day he's talking to kids all across the country. Okay. So I'll just check check that out. Yeah. All right, Bob. Well, it was great. I, that was interesting. Really, really good morning. So yeah, that's interesting. I definitely think uh, we can evolve in a lot well, more I enjoy, so. I enjoy stuff like this. I, yeah. don't, I don't have that opportunity very often. So, yeah. Well, every time you come in. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I look forward to sharing more with you on future episodes. If you need to contact me, you can reach me at anothernewperspective101 at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Have an awesome day.